Hi, everyone. Shannon Tipton here. And today we hosted another Learning Rebels Live. And today's guest is Andrew Jacobs, learning strategist and owner of Larn Learning. But it's his role as the host of the podcast, Women Talking About Learning, that is prompting this conversation today. I had been intrigued by the theme of Andrew's podcast. And having been a past guest, I wanted to learn more about what drove him to this particular topic and why it's important now. So I hope that you are as curious as I am. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone. We are Learning Rebels Live. And today I am super excited to have Andrew Jacobs with us. Andrew, I've, I've wanted to talk to Andrew about this particular topic, his podcast, for ages. I've been a guest on his podcast and I've listened to it, but I've always been very curious about what's driving him. Now, Andrew Jacobs is the founder and learning principal for Larn Learning, known for innovative thinking and learning, training, and technology. Andrew has significant experience in a range of roles across L&D. He's been around the block a time or two along with the rest of us. And I'm really curious. First off, Andrew, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Yes. And before we went live, you told me an interesting, funny story about your company name. I had asked you, how do you pronounce your company name? <laughs> Larn Learning. Yeah. But tell me a little bit more about how you came up with that name. Okay. So the word is actually Clan, if you want to try and pronounce it in Welsh, but you can say Larn. That's, that's totally fine. Clan. Yeah. Um, and I was making a clean break from what I've been doing previously. I've worked in learning development in organizations for pretty much yeah, my entire career. And the word Clan means clean in Welsh, which is lovely. And also it starts with a double L, so leading learning, ties in. Mm -hmm. And so the name actually came about. You would think, well, isn't that a nice way for it to come about? And it came about purely because I was searching through the UK's company's house and I was looking for names that had learn in the title and mistyped it as double L and saw that no other company was called (laughs) Clan, apart from an engineer, small engineering company, and thought, actually, do you know what? That would work really well. And it just came from there. And that's how I tend to do things. I tend to get an idea try something and then there's a great word bricolage which is take different elements put them together and form them into a collage of other ideas and and that's what happened with the title of the company i love it when serendipitous things like that happen right you just never know when a great idea is coming in your way and you just have to have that door open to receive that great idea and i love how you use that and as i said then about the podcast First off, let me ask you this question. Why this? Why now? Why this podcast? Why this theme at this moment in time? Why did you determine that that's important to have? And the podcast name, by the way, Women Talking About Learning. So I'm very interested in what drove you. So I've worked in learning development for 30 years. I've had a few women bosses, but most of the people I've worked with have been men. And the data supports that. So, you know, two-thirds of people who work in learning development worldwide are female. But only a third of 
the leadership Mm -hmm. within learning and development is female. So Mm -hmm. something's happening between what happens as people join learning development and as they move through. And one of the things I identified fairly early on was where it's a lack of role modelling. So I realised that, you know, I'm privileged, you know, I'm white, um, you know, although I'm Jewish, so you know, there's an ethnic minority there kind of thing. And I had privilege to speak at events and so on, and people would come and ask me stuff. But I made a conscious decision I wouldn't speak at any event or contribute to any magazine article unless an uh, event was balanced by gender and representative by ethnicity. Now, that sounds all well and good, and, you know, that made a difference, but actually it's quite passive. It's not mm-hmm. making a difference. I'm relying on other people to make a difference. So I had an idea. I thought 10th of September, about three years ago, I thought, oh, I like listening to podcasts. Could I do a podcast about women? So I chewed it over for a day and, you know, women working in learning development and came up with loads of silly names for it and then, you know, said someone, I don't know what to call this. And they said, what is it? And I said, it's women talking about learning. <laughs> I thought, well, that's the title then, isn't it? And that's where the title came from. So the purpose is to amplify women's voices, provide role models for women to follow in learning development, and to create effectively just a, a space for women to have conversations. I don't carry out any edits on the podcast. So the editorial narrative stays with the women mm-hmm. who are there. And one reason we do, and one way we do that, is we make the titles relatively simplistic so you will have one for example called the learning theory one and then right, it's very the, reminiscent of friends isn't it the second person today who's mentioned that and about their 20th <laughs> person overall they weren't designed to be like that it was like well we could do a hybrid one we could do a return to work one and it was like oh well, the hybrid one and that just became a title or whatever it was and that's how they followed on so they've all followed right. on like that but what that does is it doesn't over-specify the content. So that allows the women the space to talk about what they want. And some mm-hmm. of the best conversations have come from ones that I was expected to go one way and have gone entirely another way because of how people have interpreted it. Right. And I think that's the fun bit, isn't it? If you're committed to having a real conversation and you're opening up the doors to curiosity and just in general getting broader and deeper, then you never know what you're going to discover. And I find that that is the most intriguing thing about having conversations with a variety of different people within our industry is that, yes, we all might have similar stories or backgrounds, but wow, how we got from point A to point B, you just never know, right? You never know the paths that are going to be in front of us. That's what I find really interesting. So I have a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'd be a guest, but I haven't got anything to talk about. Right. Well, that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. I have people go, oh, I don't know if I'd be good enough. And that's a very obvious, you know, sweeping generalisation. It's a very women-related thing to do. Women have a tendency to go, I don't fulfil all the criteria, so I won't try. Whereas men go, well, I fulfill most of the criteria, so I will try. Yeah, And it's the, that gap between. So you get lots of uninformed men on podcasts talking about stuff that they don't really know about, but they think they can. Whereas you don't get women on podcasts because they don't think they know enough about a topic. Podcasts are split about 75, sorry, about 70, 30 male as opposed to female guests, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, it's just, you know, the data's there out there. It's scary, really. Right. And to clear up, people who might be listening, men in particular who might be listening, this is not 
a conversation against men. It's a conversation to lift up the voices of women, right? It doesn't have to be a win-lose. It's not in order for women to win, men have to lose. That's not the point of the conversation, is it? It's the difference between being non-sexist and anti-sexist. That's all it is. So lots of people will be non-sexist and will say that they're not sexist in their activity. This is anti-sexist. So this is actually challenging that status quo. Mm -hmm. If you're a man and you want to be on a podcast, there are thousands of podcasts that you can go on to. Yeah, without any problem. All we have is a pre-qualification on this one is you have to be a woman. That's all. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you say to people who might ask you the question of Andrew you're you're a white male and you're leading this conversation here about women what puts you in this unique place you know why is a white man leading a podcast about women i've had that question at me from a couple of times from a few people the first thing to be clear is i'm not leading it if somebody else if a woman wants to take over the management ownership production of it they're more than welcome i have no issue with that whatsoever no problem at all. This is just because I have the technique or the technical ability and so on to be able to do it. I have a privilege to do it. So I thought I'd use the privilege for that purpose. I don't mm. apply, like I say, I don't apply any edit to it. So when the women are recording, I'm in the room. I'm not interrupting. Pretty much every episode goes out with almost no edits on them. The edits mm-hmm. might be the ums and ers or when someone's internet goes down or they have a coughing fit or their dog starts barking, I will put an edit in there. You don't hear my voice on the podcast. This is where it's different. My voice is at the start for about 90 seconds and at the end for about 90 seconds. I'm not in the podcast. So all I'm doing, like I say, is creating the space for it. The other thing that is really important for me in terms of the podcast, and again, well, why should I do it? Is because I have a bit of privilege. I can absorb the cost of it. So it's free at entry. It's accessible to anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. The episodes will never go behind a paywall and it will never be sponsored because I don't want sponsorship to suggest that there's a narrative behind it. So I'm trying to make it as open and fair as possible. If somebody else wants to have a go, no problem. They're more than welcome. <laughs> and they're more than welcome to have it. I would hand it over with pleasure. But I would hand it over to somebody who wanted to do it the same way because Mm -hmm. that free at the point of entry, no subscription, no sponsorship, Uh, no editorial control is really important. The only mm -hmm. bit I edit is I have three or four people say they want to do a topic and all I do is try and put people together who I think will be interesting to listen to. Right. And as having been a guest on your podcast, and thank you for that, with uh, Michelle Ockers and Laura Overton, we were talking about the one about teams, I think. And I love the way that you allowed that natural flow of conversation. I find in my past experiences that a lot of times men, well-intentioned, not coming from a place of evil, so to speak, you know, they want to interject. And I applaud your ability to say, here is a topic, have at it. Go forth and discuss as as we step back. And it really did allow the three of us to have a conversation that we didn't expect to have. So I think that was the serendipitous event from that particular podcast for us as well, is that we went into it thinking we're going to talk about X, Y, Z, and we ended up talking about something still similar to the topic, 
But when we went through our notes later, we were like, wow, that didn't go as planned, but we had so much fun doing it. And that's, I get so much fun from listening to them. I mean, I'm lucky because I get to hear them three or four times. I hear the live, I hear the, you know, when I'm going through before the edit, you know, if I do any edit to it, I hear it when it goes live because I need to check and make sure. And then I go back to some, you know, there's some episodes, there's one episode in particular, um, the inclusive culture one is amazing. And I've listened to that about five, six times Mm -hmm. because I was expecting inclusive culture. Well, that's going to be about one thing. And I had two guests, one was Scottish, one was French. And it went in places that I didn't expect. It was amazing. And every time I go back and I listen to it, I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool. (laughs) Oh, well, walk us through. What was really cool about it? As with all the episodes, what tends to happen is sometimes the guests know each other beforehand. You did with yours. This one, they didn't know each other. The majority people don't know each other. And what tends to happen is you get five to six minutes of talking around because people don't know how to start having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You're quite happy to do it. You'll bump into somebody somewhere and you start chatting away. But online, it feels pressured. And then about five minutes in, somebody will say something, which the other person then sparks off, and off you go. And what happened on this one was we talked about inclusive learning culture, and all of a sudden, I hadn't realised I had two people with accents. And the point was (laughs) French and Scottish, (laughs) broad accents, and it just all of a sudden went, wow, yeah, I get it. They just started talking and all of the nuances of language. So inclusive learning culture became about how we use language and the expectations. One worked internationally, one worked in primarily in the UK, the expectations on people who were learning. It was fabulous. And they go off on tangents, and that's what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, yeah, you know, I am in the room. I do react. I'll put a laughing emoji up. I'll put a heart mm-hmm. emoji up. I might say more Shannon please so on yours for example there was three of you talking yeah and you're three strong personalities you know and you'll fight each other to you know <laughs> get your point across some people don't necessarily work like that so I might mm-hmm. say I want to hear more of somebody that's all I do you know I listen as a listener I might ask a question what do you mean by you know AJF you know if you use a three-letter acronym for example mm-hmm. I might ask a question but that's all I'm doing I try and leave the space as available as possible. I can't leave it entirely open because mm-hmm. sometimes they go off on a tangent. I've had to beat people's names out. I've had to do an edit where, you know, I could have been sure. sued. We can't have that. Exactly. We can't have that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I really do appreciate that. And I'll go back to my early comment about it not being a win-lose. I've been on multiple women in learning type of panels where the conversation was, we have to change men's behavior. And I am robustly against those conversations. I don't think it's a matter of changing people's behaviors. It's more of a matter of acceptance and making space, right? And I appreciate how the conversations are handled. And I appreciate how you go about discussing the theme of the podcast you know, with other people who may not be aware. So you're very gentle in that regard. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's important because there's two elements from that. The first one is to do with capability. So what I want to do is I want to develop people's capability and understanding about Mm -hmm. different sexes. Now, to me, capability is made up of two parts, capability, capacity plus ability. So that's two elements. You can train people all you want in being non-sexist and so on. 
but they won't behave differently unless capacity and space is created for people to do things differently. So you give men an opportunity to listen to women's voices and give them the space to think about, okay, well, this is the effect that I'm having on women by this is what I say. Mm. I mean, the misogyny one, mad. The workwear one, absolutely mad. You know, how men judge women's clothing in the workplace, you know, for example. You know, and having opportunities to hear stuff. And that's the capacity element of mm-hmm. it. The second point is that there's a great idea or concept called Batari's box. And Batari's box says, my attitude affects my behavior. My behavior affects your attitude. Your attitude affects your behavior. And then your behavior affects my attitude. I can't change anything in there except my behavior. Right. So by me behaving differently, my behavior will change your attitude towards things. So if my behavior is to create open spaces for women, and this is how you can do it, guys, and for me to call out, you know, you've just got manals you know, on, on at an event, to just call out organizations when the diversity is you happen to have two men with a beard and one man without, you know, for example, on a panel, then that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Because that stuff's important. It is. And we appreciate that. And I know that I've read blog posts of yours and LinkedIn, you know, posts of yours, which do actively call that out. And some may say it might be grandstanding to a certain extent. You know, there goes Andrew bragging about what he's doing. I don't see it that way. It's more of a creating an awareness. Like you said, it's that ripple effect. It's Have I thought about that? I've certainly thought about that. I've looked at panels before and I'm like, really? You know, you've got a panel of six people and you can only find one woman in all of the industry to have this conversation. Certainly we've had that conversation before and it's good to see it because like I said, it does ripple out and it creates thought. It it makes a difference. So learning technologies in the UK, you know, I talk to Don Taylor about this all the time and I highlighted it to him you know, that I felt that it wasn't particularly balanced. And he's making a conscious effort and he is making big changes now. And for the last three or four years, it has been, you know, more women than men who are speaking, which is really important. The Learning Guild, you know, they've invited me to speak at an event in March online. And I said, yeah, no problem, but are you balanced? Yeah, and they've come back, yeah, actually we are. We're balanced, you know, by gender, but they're not necessarily balanced or, or representative by diversity. That's another challenge you know we need to get you know, the male female split sorted mm-hmm. if we can do that then you can actually prove that you can make change by doing these things absolutely now talk to me you start let's say x date what was the date of your very first podcast do you remember that oh goodness early october 2021 maybe Something how many like have you done since then 51 51 and you were telling me the other day about the downloads. What's the download number? Just shy of 11,000. Yeah, yeah that's just, per episode. That's fabulous. Now, first podcast published to today. What has changed? What has made you go, wow, this was a great flex that we've managed to do? So in terms of the design of the podcast, there's a few things. So number one, make the theme tune shorter makes a massive difference. I hadn't realized how annoying listening to people's music was. <laughs> so, and get good professional music as well. Or mm-hmm. one thing you can do is ask your audience to produce music for it. If you were thinking of doing a podcast internally in your organization, find somebody in your organization who'd be happy to do you a 20, 30 second you know, intro 
piece right. of music, then all of a sudden they're invested in doing the stuff with you. The most important one is that I think is to do with the creating the space stuff and just let the conversations flow and let them go because the good stuff will come out. Of all the podcasts I've done, there's only one, I'm not going to name which one it was, where I felt it didn't meet what I was expecting it to do. All of the others have met or exceeded my expectations on it. The other thing that I've found, the biggest thing that I've come from it is the value of show notes and ah. how it makes the podcast a really useful tool for the future. So something that I commit to is while I'm sitting there and I'm you know, listening to people, I'm, they're highlighting particular things, I'm Google searching them and I'm using Pocket, great bookmarking tool, to hide or to catch those links. And then what I do is I make sure all of those links are included within the podcast in the show notes and those people really appreciate good quality show notes that's a great tip and for me i i appreciate that because i often go into the show notes thinking about not often do i have time to listen to the whole thing in one sitting then i can go back to the show notes and think oh that's what that was about that's where that conversation was going and this link or this resource rounds out that conversation. And so I think it's great for resource purposes. Now, my last question for you is all about failure. So tell me, did you have a favorite failure in your experiences in doing this? The one that made you either laugh or learn? So many. So (laughs) uh, I didn't know how to do any audio editing before I started doing this. Oh my gosh. So I had to learn how to audio it. Learn by fire? <laughs> Completely. How to fade voices in and out, how to add bass, how to compress, how to put in notes so that you could see when people were doing particular things, how to pick up gaps. So you know, I realized that as people were talking, if they made a mistake, then all they had to do was just shut up, give me three seconds of silence, and then I could work from there. I could see where there was an edit that was going to be required, for example, little things like that just make a big difference. Right. And so that's a definitely trial by fire, like I said, and certainly error prone. I have been in that spot before. Not too long ago, it was, I completely deleted the audio of one of the coffee chats that we did. And it was just like, why did I do that? I hit the delete button way too fast and didn't realize it soon enough and i can certainly empathize with audio learning yeah yeah i never delete the source audio (laughs) i I don't either not you i don't know what made me do that i appreciate you talking about that and then also there is a request that you have Absolutely, yes. I write about this today. We are always looking for voices. We've been on a slight hiatus for a few reasons. Uh, Work (laughs) as one of them. Uh, To administration and so on. Yeah, there's lots of things. But um, we are actively looking for more voices. We have a long list of topics that we want to be covered. Again, I don't propose the topics. The topics are what people tell me they want to hear about or what guests themselves propose. So I'm really keen to hear from women who would like to be on the podcast. Great. So anyone listening, you can go directly to Andrew's uh, website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. And there is an area there where you can place your ideas and sign up to be a guest. And it looks like I may have lost Andrew. 
in this, but go out. You can find Andrew on LinkedIn. Obviously, you can go and connect with him. He's always happy to hear from other people and get their ideas and thoughts. Go directly to uh, the website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com, as I said. And from there, you can find Andrew's podcast on all of the players with the exception of Spotify. You can find him there. You can also find his podcast hosted on Podbean, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. So on that note, thank you all for being with us today. And I do thank Andrew for being with us and talking about failures, right? Failures, you never know what's going to happen in this case, losing Andrew, but that's okay. We got the majority of the conversation in. So goodbye for now. Stay curious, stay rebellious. I look forward to the next Learning Rebels Live with you. Well, there you have it. Andrew Jacobs, host of Women Talking About Learning podcast. The podcast is available on all of the usual platforms except for Spotify. So add it to your playlist now. And while you're at it, be sure to submit yourself as a guest at thewomentalkingaboutlearning.com. To find future Learning Rebels events, head on over to learningrebels.com and sign on up for the next coffee chat or learn something new. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.